When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. Work ethic eliminates fear, you know? So if you put forth the work, then what are you fearing? You know you what you're capable of doing, what you're not. You know, if you put your mind to doing whatever you want to do, you know, good things can happen. Because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. You're listening to the Plunkett Fitness Project. Here's your host, Jamie Plunkett. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, we are doing our first podcast of 2019. So today it is January 10th. We're going to talk about some New Year's resolutions that people do and kind of some advice I have on that. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, the New Year's challenge that we started on December 31st that runs through the entire month of January. <clears throat> so um, basically we will do challenges you know, two to three times a year. Um, and it's basically a way to get people in the gym at a, you know, at a, a pretty good rate. They'll come in, they'll it'll usually be 25 to 30 days, yeah. um, you know, at a discounted rate. And we give them a diet and we, you know, they, they do our group workouts <clears throat> and we set up a challenge between the team members. So it's usually groups of two uh, and we do the top, three teams they get a cash prize and it's based off of percentage of body weight lost um so like i said we do this two to three times a year we've been doing it since 2012 um and we've kind of done it off and on last year we did three um and we'll probably do two or three again this year um and kind of to talk about some history of that my first one that we ever did was 2012 and i think it was february or march we did it and it was 21 days so we ran this promotion it was 21 days for 21 dollars <throat> and it was basically a 21 day carb cycling diet and before i did it i had a lot of apprehension about doing it um because it it restricts quite a bit of things and it's really not something that you know, the average person wanting to lose some weight should be doing. Um, they could achieve just as much with a lot less effort. Right. So really my effort, my issue with it rather, is that you're kind of teaching people bad habits when you do it. And I kind of knew it before I did it. And then I, against my, my uh, better judgment, we went ahead and did it. And then for the next three or four years, I would hear from people every so often, yeah, I'm going to do the 21-day thing. I'm going to do the 21-day thing. And I would just shake my head and look at the floor because I'm just like, that is not the intention of it. You know, right. it's it's a pretty restrictive diet. Yeah, Jamie, talk about carb cycling a little bit for those. I don't know what it is. And, and like, I know it's it might be commonplace to some people out there, but if they don't know what it is, give them a 2,000-foot uh, view of it or whatever. Um, well, basically what you do is you, you plan out, it's usually on a seven day basis is how I've done it in the past. I'm sure there's other ways to do it, but, uh, you basically, uh, come up with a high number. Um, so it might be 150 carbs or something like that. And I'm just throwing out numbers here by no means is this something somebody should follow. So you'd have a high day and you usually have, you know, one to three of those. You would have a moderate day. Again, one to three of those, however it falls, and then uh, a low day, which would be, again, one to three, kind of okay. depending on the person. So, um, you know, you may take them down to, you know, 50 carbs two days a week, 100 carbs three days a week, and then um, well, I have two days left. Then you might do 150 carbs the other two days. Uh, the way I've done it in the past is I'll do zero days. So I've done that when I've dieted down to 4% body fat, which is, um, if you don't know what that is, that's like losing the fat off the bottom of your feet. That's pretty extreme, huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I had veins in my abs. So, so, and I mean, that's the thing is you might do something like that with somebody who's getting down in those single digits like that, but it's just, it's unnecessary for the average person. Sure. And, uh, you know, some of my clients at the time knew that I had dieted down to that and they wanted to know what I did. So, you know, against my better judgment, like I said, I gave them that. Um, and then, you know, what it does is if you really don't have a good grasp of everything and understand, 
you know, why you're feeling the way you're feeling and so forth, you will um, follow this, this diet plan, you know, or any other crash diet that there may be. And then um, you binge at the end of it and yeah. you rebound bigger than you were in the first place. Yeah. And that's really the number one problem in my industry. Um, and I just really don't want to be part of that. Yeah. It's so, it's so easy to do. I mean, it's just, if you don't fundamentally change your lifestyle, you are always going to, you're going to end back. You're just going to veer back to where you started from. If you, that's all those crash diets, you know, I mean, I remember back way back in the day, the cookie diet. Remember that when they came out with those, they were like these cookies and you ate like six cookies throughout the day. I think I remember. And then you had a dinner, you know, you you ate like a, a, like a, chicken breast and salad for dinner, you know, something like that. And tons of people were losing all this weight on it. Of course. Cause you're, I mean, you're starving yourself. I mean, you, I think you're eating like a thousand calories a day yep. and they, you know, they jammed whatever nutrients in those cookies. And I, I put cookies in air quotes cause they weren't like, um, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't Mrs. Fields. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they weren't Oreos. I'll tell you that. But, uh, but yeah. And, and of course everybody lost weight, but that's just, I mean, if you starve yourself, you're going to lose weight, but then is that something you can maintain? And then do you have the discipline if that's what you do to, like you said, for 21 days, you have the discipline to gradually get yourself back up to where, uh, a mate, uh, something you can maintain, you know, long term. Yep. And most of us, it's like, no, because you just fall off that wagon and boom, pizza, pizza city. <laughs> yeah. Um, Something you said about, uh, what was it, you mentioned there, one thing that made me think of something I wanted to throw in there. Um, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, a big thing that people struggle with when they go on any of these, you know, diet plans that restrict a lot is the rebound is bigger than, you know, the results they got, why they were restricting everything. And, you know, at the end of the day, you it's just a, a calorie equation. Right. You know, I think there was a guy, I think it was at KU, a professor that did a study. He ate nothing but Snickers bars, I believe. I remember that. And it, lost weight. Yeah, it, uh, it might not have been Snickers, but I do remember that thing where it was... Uh, well, I think there's another guy that ate McDonald's or something, too. Well, that was the documentary. The guy did supersize me. Well, that's an, another one. Oh, a different... The oh. supersize me guy gained weight. Yeah, he did gain weight. Yeah, it showed his triglycerides and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he felt terrible and all that. I mean, not yeah. surprised. Yeah, I ate there one day, and I regret it for a month. But um, yeah, I, okay, I didn't. But there's, I, I forget the other one that I, I. It was somebody that did a junk food type thing like mm-hmm. that, and they lost X amount of pounds over certain days because they, you know, is calorie restricted or whatever, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's basically just uh, you know eating fewer calories than what you burn in a day. Um, you know, and that that was a big thing. So we did our meeting for this challenge. The challenge, like I said, started December 31st, so roughly 10, 11 days ago. Um, we did our meeting on Sunday, the 30th of December, and that was a big thing. You know, I told everybody when we met that day was, and I say this often, is you need to learn how to lose weight without exercise. Yeah. Um, and, you know, something I want to get better at myself and I want us to be better at with my business is teaching people long-term uh, solutions, results, whatever you want to call it. Um, just because, you know, that's that's really our job is to educate people um, and not have you know a scarcity mindset of where you you think you have to keep them forever. You know, sure, sure. You should you should teach the person in front of you, and then that person will go and tell five or ten other people is how it should be if you do a good job. Right. Um, but yeah, my big thing that I try to get across is figure out how to lose weight and maintain your weight without exercise. Um, and then something else I talked about on there. So I gave them what's called the vertical diet. Um, it's a diet that was basically written by uh, Stan Efferding. He's a uh, professional bodybuilder. He coaches a lot of uh, a lot of elite athletes, UFC fighters, world's strongest man, uh, professional bodybuilders, power lifters. Uh, the guy's very bright. <clears throat> if you guys want to look him up, you can find him on YouTube. He has tons of good information. Um, definitely a lot smarter than I am. So look him up if you want some good information beyond the stuff that I talk about. Uh, Hopefully this year we'll also have him in here for a seminar. So that's, I'm trying to line that up for this year, That'd have be him awesome. come in. But um, 
So it's called the Vertical Diet. It's a PDF. You can buy it on his website. Um, I bought it about a year ago. I've been following it myself off and on. Um, <clears throat> and I say off and on because when I'm off of it, I'll, I necessarily won't eat good um, all the time. When I'm on it, that's pretty much all I eat, which is, yeah. you know, um, he focuses a lot on your micronutrients. Um, and then so what the vertical is, is your vertical foods that you increase or decrease based off your goals. So if you're trying to gain weight, you increase them, which is basically red meats and white rice. Uh, if you're trying to decrease um, your weight, you're going to decrease your vertical foods, your red meats and your white rice. Um, but some of the things that are on there. So there's the vertical foods, which is red meat, white rice, and there's the horizontal foods, which is, you know, fruits, uh, nuts, some whole eggs, uh, potatoes, butter, carrots, salmon, spinach, peppers, um, dairy sources, cranberry juice, chicken stock, and salt are basically your, your, for your micronutrients. Those are your horizontal foods. So you basically want to get a little bit of those every day to make sure you're getting uh, your micronutrients, which is, you know, B vitamins, iron, um, all that good stuff, uh, to make sure your hormones are proper, your, your thyroid's working properly, gut health, all that kind of stuff, energy. Um, but those are, that's kind of the, the base of the diet, I guess you could say. Um, and then he talks a lot about sleep, exercise, um, you know, how, how many calories you burn and that kind of stuff. So that's what I wanted to talk about here next, which is a big part of what I try to get across to my clients. Um, yeah, because this, this is actually meant as a standalone tool for people to lose weight. Is that correct? And, then, yeah. and, and you can apply it, obviously, to strength training and things like that. But at, at, its, at its very base level, if someone just wanted to, you know, follow this and, you know, do that. Cause I think he talks about like going for walks and things like that. Right. Yeah. If I remember from the meeting, um, and stuff. And so it's more, it's more than just a, uh, it's not just for, you know, bodybuilders or strength training. It, it's, it's pretty much an, an all around uh, like lifestyle diet. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was something I kind of brought across, uh, whenever we did the meeting was, you know, you look at the average person that walks in, you know, the average person does not eat well. They don't sleep well. They drink alcohol, all these things. And everybody's looking for the magic pill. And it's really simple. Yeah. You know, if, if you would start sleeping better, you know, eight to 10 hours a night, um, and then cut out processed foods, those Two things, cut out alcohol. If you do those things, it's like it's basic. You will lose weight. The average person will. Sure. Um, it's the things we do, not the things we don't do, that have you in the situation you're in a lot of times. Right. So, you know, everybody, everybody's focused on exercise. And the thing is, is I sell exercise so I could, I could feed into that lie if sure. I wanted to. Sure, sure. But it's not exercise. Um, exercise is going to help you. But it's really all nutrition and lifestyle. So, you know, I mean, one of the biggest things that most people need to address is their sleep first and foremost. And then that will make, you know, that will improve your energy levels. It will improve your hormones. Uh, it will improve your, your cravings. You know, all those things. It's, right. you know, we're doing so many things to hurt ourselves. If we just stop doing those things. Right. Uh, we're starting to We'll deficit. all get leaner. Yeah, because you're, yeah. starting, you're starting a deficit when you're – if you're missing an hour or two, like that, that one, one of those podcasts where we talked about it, and I never thought about it easily either, but you start adding those up, and buddy, I'm telling you, you miss an hour or two a night, it doesn't take long before you're in a massive deficit for sleep, and that's it's just like everything else, it just compounds over time, and then, you know, I mean, I know it, I it changes, it alters my mood, it alters my willpower, I want to eat more, if I if I miss, if I'm not sleeping, I mean, it's. And especially there's a lot of that ties into not to get too far off track here, but that hustle, that hustle culture, mm -hmm. you know, yep. it's like, yeah, of it's course. Bullshit. Yeah. It's like, you got to work hard, but you also got to take care of yourself yep. or you're going to end up negating all the work you're doing because you're going to be working at a, you're not going to be working at your peak 
ability, you know, regardless of whether you're a doctor or an accountant, it doesn't matter what your profession is. If you're not well rested, you're just not going to perform as well as you could be. You know? Well, and the other thing is, is you can have all the money in the world, but it's not worth nothing if you're dead. <laughs> this is true. You yeah. know, I mean, that's yeah. that's the big thing. These people that, that talk about hustling, which is this is a whole different subject, but these people that talk about that, they talk about getting four hours of sleep a night. Yeah. That's like a recipe for a heart attack. It's crazy, yeah. So, um, you know, and I mean, I own a business. I work a lot. I probably get about six hours of sleep a night. I try to nap during the day. Um so, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. Uh, but the bigger thing is just being aware of it. You know, right. I try to get, get as much sleep as I can on a weekly basis, if that makes sense. So sure. I try to catch up on the weekends. They say that doesn't work. But um, along those same lines, the, things, the thing that I think about a lot when it comes to sleep is disease. You know, everybody wants to be leaner and all this other stuff, but what are you doing to your brain? When you're, what are you doing to your heart? Um, those sort of things uh, when you're you're losing sleep like that on a regular basis. Sure. You know, sure. Um, that's that's when your body heals itself and recovers. Um, so if you're constantly uh, not banking that sleep, you're you're doing yourself a lot of harm that you can't see. Right. right. Um, but so the big thing is um, that I want to talk about, you know, next on this is, is the amount of calories you burn on a daily basis. And I found this part very interesting in the vertical diet. Um, if you guys buy this or you have it yourself, uh, it's page 27, but, um, 70% of your daily calories are burned at rest. So, you know, that's a big thing. Uh, everybody thinks they need to do cardio to lose fat, um, you know, or exercise in general. Um, that right there tells you 70% of the calories that you're burning on a daily basis is coming from uh, BMR, basal metabolic rate. So just, you know, if you laid in bed all day, you'd be at 70%. 15% is burned from your daily calorie, uh, burned from your daily activities. So this is called non-exercise activity thermogenesis. NEAT um, is the uh, initials for that. Um, that's basically, you know, going to work, uh, walking the dog, uh, getting up, getting dressed in the morning, all your daily activities you do that's not in the gym. About 10% of your daily activ- daily calories are burned from eating food. So all the food that you eat has a thermic effect, um, basically the your digestive system, how to break it down. Proteins are the hardest thing for your body to break down, so they burn more calories than fat and carbs. And then only 5% of your daily calories are burned from exercise. So this is your exercise activity thermogenesis, known as EAT. Um, So, again, I shouldn't be telling you guys this stuff because I sell exercise, but uh, I would rather be honest with people than lie to them. So my thing is, is, uh, yes, I sell exercise, um, but the big thing that we try to do is I view myself similar to a financial advisor, but I'm your... Um, basically like your health advisor. So when somebody comes in and sees me, I'm going to talk to them about sleep and nutrition. Uh, And then, you know, they're going to invest a certain amount of time in the gym just as you would invest a certain amount of money into a retirement account. And I'm going to tell you how best to invest that time. And uh, 99.9% of the time, that time is best invested into lifting weights. Um, That will raise your metabolism. It will help you maintain your metabolism as you get older. It's good for bone health. Um, it's good for joints, so long as you're doing it correctly. Um, but, yeah, that, that was kind of uh, a real big part of um, what we talked about the other day. And, and, you know, a lot of times people kind of gloss over when I start talking about this stuff because it's not flashy and fun. Right, um, right. But, you know, and I even I said it on Sunday, I'm like, you know, everybody was kind of just looking at me with a blank stare when we got done. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if they were just overwhelmed by it or if they were disappointed that I didn't give them a crash diet. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I believe my job at the end of the day is to give the best tool I have to people to help them succeed. Sure. And when I was sitting down thinking about what I'm going to give them the, you know, week prior to starting this, um, the vertical diet was you know, far and above the best option I have. <clears throat> well, and I think that's a, you know, again, if you're honest with yourself, as much as the crash diet might seem appealing because you'd drop X amount of weight and uh, you've got to, 
you've got to look big picture. And that doesn't matter what you're talking about. But with this stuff, again, this is something that's sustainable over a long term. You can increase or decrease based on your wants or needs as far as things go. And it's not it's not something where you're, you know, completely depriving yourself. Like you're not starving yourself with, with stuff like that. And that's that's just you know you're not gonna live that way. You know you're not gonna and, and so it me that just translates into it's not going to be a long-term success for you. You yeah. might have some short-term gains in, in, in one way or another, but that, it, that, that's not what we're after. You know, I mean, anybody that does, in my opinion, it's like, yeah, you do want to, you want to look your best, but you want to look your best and then continue to look your best and feel your best and all that kind of stuff that comes along with it. So, um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a lot of that meeting. It was, um, it was almost all nutrition. I feel like, and I think that might've caught some people off guard if they didn't know if they're coming in here, but it's like, that's when you're, when they come in to lift weights, they're going to get that instruction and they're going to be taught if they don't already know. And they're, you know, I, I know you guys work with everybody to get plans built just for them. But, um, I think that can be something that, uh, when people come into a gym and they're, they're not, they might not be expecting it, but again, why aren't they? I think that's, that goes back to what you kind of talk about with the industry because so many people are so focused on what you're selling when the true objective of people being here is a healthier life. You yeah. Know? No. Yeah. I mean, most people walk in the door want to lose, lose fat. Sure. You know, uh, I was always shocked, you know, when I worked at the big gyms, I remember I used to have trainers come up to me all the time and say, well, what nutrition advice do you give your clients? Right. You know, they had no clue. And uh, the difference is, you know, I do this because I was overweight when I was younger. Yeah. And, a lot of, and, you know, if you've never had to go through that, then you probably have never had the motivation to learn how to eat right. Right, right. So, I mean, that was a difference. And, you know, that was the, the biggest thing I knew with my clients. I could give them crappy workouts. Sure. And if they follow my nutrition, they'll get results. Right. Um, you know, not that I want them to do that necessarily, right, right, right. to have crappy workouts. But, you know, that understanding how important the nutrition is, you know, sets you head and shoulders above you know, the other people that you're competing against, you know, when you're a personal trainer, knowing how to coach people on nutrition. Sure. Um, but I want to read off a little more on this underneath where they talked about the percentage of calories. So the next thing he says, is, as you can see, more exercise is not the solution to fat loss. Exercise is a stimulus. The solution to maximal fat loss is as follows. Increase your basal metabolic rate, so your resting uh, metabolic rate, uh, by lifting weights so you can add more muscle and burn more calories at rest. We, that's the biggest thing we talk to our clients about when it comes to exercise. <clears throat> when trying to burn calories to lose fat, stay active throughout the day. Don't sit or remain idle when awake. Stay on your feet and keep busy. Don't understand how, don't underestimate how valuable this can be. A big thing on this also, which I think I've talked about before um, with cardio, is also when you sit um, all day, you cause a lot of uh, muscle imbalances. So a lot of times I see uh, with my clients who sit all day is they're tight in their hips and they're tight in their shoulders. Um, so not only are you going to burn more calories if you have a stand-up desk, you're also going to you know reduce back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, um, and set yourself up for more success when you do lift weights because when you have tight hips and tight shoulders uh, and those sort of things, it does cause problems when you go to lift weights. Number three, eat a high-protein diet, generally a gram of protein per pound of body weight, and eat frequent meals so as to not create a protein deficit and to fuel increased workload. Number four, exercise. And then the last thing underneath that says, in that order. Um, so the other thing on this and something that I will get uh, – that people disagree with me often on is just below this. There's a thing that says regular cardio will make you fat. And then there's a link to it on T nation, which is a fairly popular, uh, I guess you could say blog, sure. Fitness blog, uh, exercise blog. And basically I've, I've read that article. It basically talks about how, um, your body adapts to that certain environment and you're basically telling your body to get rid of muscle, which if you're a endurance athlete, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, because it's going to make you more efficient at that activity, which if you were trying to run a marathon, then whether you like it or not, that's what you're telling your body to do is get rid of muscle to make you more efficient. 
Um, just as if you lift weights, you're telling your body to become more efficient at lifting those weights, so it's going to put on muscle. So there's nothing wrong with either activity. Um, what's wrong is if you don't understand the response to that activity. Um, so if you click on that link, if you have this, you, it's a uh, pretty good information on, um, yeah. And even the negatives you, of cardio, if that's, and if that's an open, uh, if that's an open blog, you can probably just Google search T nation. What was that? Uh, regular cardio will make you fat. If you Google search that, you should be able to find that, that, uh, that, that blog that you can read about on your own. If you'd like that without having the, the PDF handy. Yeah. Perfect. Um, as far as beyond that, I don't know. You know, one thing that I've heard Stan talk about before is um, how everybody should have a blood test done. You know, a uh, big one that I see this with men is uh, men will come in and, I mean, I can basically look at a man and tell you if his testosterone's low. I yeah. know that sounds crazy and ridiculous, but, um, you know, I've been doing this long enough. Um, you know, I'm kind of a meathead myself, so... It's just, it's just what I notice, you know? Um, so, and there's, there's natural ways you can fix that through getting more sleep, through eating better, you know, and that's usually what I recommend people do to start. Um, but you know, if you go in and get your thyroid checked and get your hormones checked and those sort of things, you can get an idea of where you're at. Uh, and a lot of times just changing your behaviors can help with that. So like if your thyroid's messed up, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not getting, um, enough salt in your diet, if you're not getting enough iodine in your diet, that can affect that. Uh, if you're not eating properly, that can negatively affect your thyroid. Um, just as much as all those things can affect your testosterone as well. And those two things will help you get leaner if you fix them, sure. um, obviously. Hey, Jamie, what do you, when you say that, the testosterone thing I've always been curious about, when you say you can tell by looking at somebody, is there are there signs or how, how do you, is it is it something that, that you that you know just from seeing or is it i mean oh (laughs) um i mean a lot of times it's it's when they come in and you can kind of when you do their body fat test they're carrying more fat or they're carrying fat in places they shouldn't be gotcha um i mean believe it or not i think i can see it a lot of times with the way they carry their shoulders okay um because a lot of times that the this will sound nuts but the poor posture is also kind of an indicator of, you know, the whole cascade of things going on, um, you know, and it's, I don't know. I mean, this probably sounds nuts to anybody listening, but, um, you can see it in their diet. They're eating a lot of processed foods. They're not getting enough cholesterol based protein in their diet, uh, which your, your body uses cholesterol to produce testosterone hormones. Um, a lot of times I can see it in their strength, you know, so if I have a guy come in and, you know, he's, quite a bit weaker than he should be. Sure. Um, a lot of times, and, you know, I could be wrong, but a lot of times you can assume that they probably, you know, their testosterone is probably low, sure. which a lot of times you can fix that by getting them, you know, a better nutrition plan and more sleep. Right, 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 right. Um, but I mean, also just in today's society, um, you know, I, I just think more and more men have low testosterone Sure. And I think that is because of diet and poor sleep. You know, if you look, if you would go back, I would guess, 40 or 50 years, we were probably getting more sleep. We were eating more red meat. Right. Um, you know, we're we're eating more of the foods that have cholesterol in them that we use to produce testosterone, and we didn't have as much stress. Sure. Um, but so maybe it's more of a fact that, uh, you know, it's it's common today. Yeah, we weren't versus, spread, we weren't as, we weren't spread so thin back in the day as far as people running yeah, around like absolutely everybody you know. And again, you can call it the hustle culture, or whatever. But it's you know even if you even if you're not working for yourself, you know, a lot of times if you're in corporate America, you're putting in a solid ten hours a day, and then you know you've got personal responsibilities, be it a family or a spouse. And next thing you know, it it's hard to find time to take care of yourself. And if you don't do that, then everything else begins to suffer. I've just always been fascinated by the testosterone thing because I don't, you know, I'm a guy and I'm in that, that age group where you hear about it. It's like, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't feel sluggish. You know, I'm healthy ish. I'm not, but I'm definitely, I don't take as good a care as I should have of myself. Um, 
but it's always something that I work on. But I, it was just something that I was curious about as a guy that's in that age where it, you know, where it happens. Because when you're young, that's what you don't even, you're just. Well, so there's a couple things there. I'll see if I can remember when I'm talking about this. But um, so I think they say our testosterone starts dropping late 20s, early 30s. Um, so, you know, by the time you get to the age we're at, I'm 36, you're. Yeah, 43. 43. Um, we probably have lower testosterone. Um, so there's that. And then there's something else I was going to say. Um, I can't remember the other one, but you know, at this age, oh, I know what I was going to say. So the biggest thing on that, I would say, and I hear this, I've heard this before about some of the people you see when you go to these hormone clinics. Um, if you're not getting, if you're not addressing your sleep and nutrition first, first, I would not go take you know, hormone therapy. You know, that's, it, it reminds me, there was a guy that I used to know way back when, and, um, he was very unhealthy and he was, he was diabetic. And instead of regulating his food, he would just yeah eat the Most cake. Of them do that. And it's like, I mean, most of them do that. It's it, maddening. Yeah. And I like this guy and I, I really liked his wife too. And For I'm like, lot, man, maybe. how, how are you doing this to your wife? Like, that's not, it's not a, it doesn't counter. I mean, it does counteract, but that's not how it's supposed to be used. <laughs> You've got to regulate that stuff on the front end, and that's kind of what you're saying too. If you, you should take steps A and B before you jump to C, which is C is the hormone clinic or whatever that's. Yeah, I is. mean, the other thing is, is lifting weights yeah. causes testosterone release and growth hormone release, right, for men and women. So, um, you know, it's not significant amounts, but you know, I mean, those are that you should address your sleep first address your nutrition, and then start lifting weights, you know, and then, you know, I would say basically every man over the age of 35 or 40 should go get his testosterone checked, um, you know, and it's going to it's gonna prolong your life. Um, all those things are going to prolong your life, lifting weights, sleeping, better yeah. nutrition. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's a big thing that efforting talks about is uh, getting a blood test, um, another big thing on there is your vitamin D. So vitamin D, uh, is low in almost everyone. Mine was low. I had mine checked. So I went and had a blood test in, uh, uh, July and really the only thing that was, was wrong was my vitamin D, which, you know, um, everybody's, you know, a lot, a common thing they'll say is your vitamin D, you're not going to get enough from the sun. So where, you know, where we live. So you need to be supplementing with it. So I've been supplementing with it since then, and I need to go back and get it checked again because it's probably about where it should be. And you can overdose on uh, uh, vitamin D if you're uh, if, if that number gets too high and you're taking too much. So uh, when you do start taking it, you know, generally I, I recommend all my clients get their vitamin D checked. Few do, um, but most people's will be like 20 or 30 or lower, and it needs to be about 60 to 80. Um, so... I'll recommend they get that checked, uh, and then usually what you'll do is you'll take, you know, eight to ten thousand IU's a day, maybe a little more, to get it up where you want it. And then once you get it where you want it, I usually tell people to, to figure out a maintenance dose, which is kind of something you'll figure out uh, through trial and error. But uh, you know, you have to keep going back and getting your blood checked. Sure. Is that will that will that will that counteract this? Like, you know, everybody feels sluggish in the winter. You know what yes. I mean? Will it, will it do that if you yes. if you uh, add vitamin D to your yeah. Low vitamin D levels have been correlated with depression. Yeah, that's what I mean. And yeah. I, it's it was especially bad when I lived in Nashville because they were right on the border, so it got dark at like three thirty, three forty five in the afternoon. And I mean, the whole town was depressed for <laughs> for three months, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting for sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, beyond that, uh, so far the challenge we are. We we just you know we're, I guess it's, it's Thursday today so we're wrapping up our second week at the end of our first week we were down 126 pounds I believe um, and that's taken out a few people that gained some weight so roughly 130 pounds uh, and that was what did I say about 35 people weighed in yep. so it was about three and a half pounds per person. Um, we did have one couple that's pulling a lot of the weight literally they lost. <laughs> so. 20% of that number was from them. Um, I'm not real sure what they did or didn't do <laughs> last week. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, right. and, you know, um, 
Yeah, it was, it was pretty significant, those two. But, you know, for the most part, we got a lot of people losing three to five pounds the first week. And, and you know, we like I said, we haven't eaten a lot of red meat. Um, there's fruit in their diet. There's vegetables in their diet. Um, getting plenty of salt in their diet is encouraged. Salt helps uh, with digestion. It also helps with your thyroid. So, you know, the whole salt craze is also another thing that we've been um, misled about. Um, there was something I was listening to. Uh, a month or so ago, and I may get this wrong, but they you'll you'll get the gist of it. They said something along the lines of you are at a higher risk for cardiovascular, or maybe it's higher risk for death or cardiovascular. I think it's higher risk of mortality with consuming under two grams of salt a day, which is what's uh, recommended by the uh, what is it, the Food and like Drug Administration FDA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so or a nutritionist or whatever, um, you're at a higher risk of mortality under 2,000 than you are at 3,000, I think it was, or maybe a little over 3,000. Um, but, you know, that was a big thing that I got from Stan Efferding probably two and a half years ago. And I started taking a lot of salt, and, man, it improved my performance in the gym tremendously. Really? Um, it was something I heard almost six years ago now from Charles Poliquin, um, it was funny because we're sitting there listening to him. We're like, well, what do you eat, Charles, when you go out to eat? Yeah. And he's like, I get a ribeye with butter, and I cover it in salt. Oh, my God. And we were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> now, granted, if you're listening to this, you know Charles Poliquin. He did recently have a heart attack and pass away. However, I think it was in his um, genetics versus. Sure. Um, you know, I think his dad passed away at an early age as well, so. Some of those things you can't prevent, but the big thing is is try to do you know what you can to you know to set yourself up for success. But anyway, um, yeah. So I've been doing the salt for quite a while, um, and I've noticed that does help a lot. Um, what happens a lot with the salt is people are afraid of salt because they think it's going to bloat them. It's just like water, in the fact that um, when you're dehydrated and you drink a bunch of water, you're going to retain it at first. Because your body's holding on to it because it doesn't know when it's going to get more because sure. you, it's depleted. And then it eventually it'll release it and kind of regulate itself. Um, so it'll do the same with salt. When you start consuming more salt, at first you're going to retain a little water, maybe three to seven days. And then it'll kind of regulate itself and sure. and kind of go, go to normal. But it should not bloat you if you're... Uh, you know, consuming it consistently and not consuming too much of it. And generally what efforting recommends, I think it's about three to six grams a day. So, you know, salt your foods and all that kind of stuff. Definitely don't restrict it like, you know, what a lot of people do. Um, but anyway, back to the challenge. So we we're down 130 pounds the first week. Um, we we're at uh, day 11 now. Um, people are still seeing really good results. We basically have them coming in three to six times a week. That's kind of up to them how often they want to come in. Uh, you know, like I already said, we uh, we try to get it across to them that exercise is not the solution. Uh, the solution is, you know, getting your sleep and food and all that other stuff right and then adding exercise to it. Um, and basically they're coming in and lifting weights when they come in for the majority of the time. Then they may do some hit, some high-intensity intervals. Uh, for the last, for, you know, 10 minutes. So the lift weights for about 45 minutes to an hour and then uh, hit. And, you know, a big thing that efforting talks about when it comes to cardio is doing uh, basically weight-based cardio. Uh, and what that does is when you're doing it, you're still stimulating muscles. So you're going to be sending a message to your body to maintain or grow muscle. Um, so what he talks about with that is like weighted carries, also known as farmer's carries, uh, pushing a sled, with, which has weight on it. Uh, we do weighted ropes, so we have ropes that weigh <clears throat> 50 or 55 pounds. Um, so basically just doing things against resistance. Sure. Um, he'll talk about 20 rep squats or doing supersets um, of weights, you know, so basically like um, training alternating body parts. So you might do chest back work. You know, you'll go do a chest press, go immediately to your back. You know, the big thing with that is make sure your technique's not getting sloppy so you don't hurt yourself and so you're getting something out of it. Um, and then the other thing he talks about, I'll see if I can find it here so I'm not just running stuff off and making no sense. Um, 
he talks about doing 10 minute walks, um, which I found this very interesting. He's got a uh, YouTube video on this, and they found that 10 minute walks were a better solution to uh, diabetes than metformin, I believe. They got better results from doing, um, I think it's two to four 10-minute walks a day versus taking metformin. Let me see if I can find it. I think I'm about to it here. Um, yeah, I'll have to look somewhere else for it. But uh, let me read one more thing on here, and then we'll find the 10-minute walk thing. So this is kind of the last thing I wrapped up our challenge with. And he's got a little thing on here. It's very end. It says compliance. So he started with sleep, and I'm finishing with compliance, the single most important part of being successful with any diet or training program or anything, for that matter, is compliance. Those who fail simply stop complying with the program. They quit. It may be for any number of legitimate or not-so-legitimate reasons, but the failure is the same either way. Consistently executing your plan is the only way to succeed. It's 1% inspiration, 90% perspiration. That's why the program needs to be simple and sustainable. It needs to become part of your lifestyle without detracting from work, family, and fun. And then the last thing he has there is a quote. What's the best diet? The one you'll follow. What's the best exercise? The one you'll do. Um, so... Uh, there was something else I was going to add to that. Um, this compliance thing has been, you know, as I've gotten older, whatever it is, and I started following this guy on Instagram too uh, that talks about compliance and this kind of stuff. He's like, and I'll get the quote wrong, but he, he said, uh, you know, when when clients aren't losing weight and they tell you, that they're not eating very much, they just don't realize they're eating too much. Right. So there's no possible way is essentially what he's saying. If you're eating under the amount of calories that you burn on a daily basis, that the scale is not going to go down. Um, you know, and it's it 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 sounds crazy. I've been doing this for 15 years, um, but that's refreshing to hear because. You know, you want to believe people. Right. And right. I'm not saying people intentionally lie. Yeah. I just think they're unaware of the amount of food they eat sometimes and the calories they eat. Um, and I'm very detailed with what I do. Like, if somebody gives me a plan, I'm going to follow it to a T because I want to know if I failed or the plan failed. Right. And I am, I want to, I, I would prefer to blame myself. Sure. Um, because if the plan fails, then I'm like, I'm back at square one. Right. But, uh, um, you know, and the thing is I've had numerous clients over the years. I've had clients get mad at me over the years, um, that they're following what I'm telling them and they're not getting results. And what I do is I'll beat myself up about it. Like, man, what am I, you know? Right. Like, I just can't figure it out. Right, right, right. And... You know, when I see this kind of stuff, it's like, I think I was right all along. And I'm not tooting my own horn uh, when I say that. It's just like, generally those people aren't being detailed and writing down every single thing that they're eating and weighing it and all that kind of stuff. And when I say that, don't freak out. I don't think people should weigh their food. But if you don't know why you're not losing weight, just like if you don't know why you're not successful at anything... You need to be, you know, you need to be meticulous about what you're doing and write down what you're doing so you can find the failure. Hey, you need to troubleshoot. You need, yes. to, you need to have a, a realistic, honest audit of yeah. your actions. And that, like you said, if you have a problem finding it, it doesn't matter what part of your life that you're not happy with. If the, And that's the hardest thing to do is look in the mirror and be like, all right, well, uh, and you know, Jamie, you and I are on the same page about this, but when you look at something, it's it's like, well, this is my doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I am in my life based on a, and, and bad things happen to good people all the time, but more often than not, it's the, the choices we make on a daily basis. And again, more often than not, it's the small things that we do consistently. And that's either small good things that we do consistently or the small bad things. And that puts us in that, the, 
the situation that we're in in life, be it financial, be it physical, be it uh, in a, if you continue to stay in a relationship that's just not great, it's just going to deteriorate over time. It's going to get worse over time. It's not going to fix itself unless you look at it are honest with yourself. What's my part in this situation? And then fix it. Like you said, if you want to know if the plan is not working or if, if you're not working and if you're not working, then you can fix it. But the only way to really fix it is to know exactly where the issue is. So you can attack that issue without just throwing up your hands and, and, uh, and, and calling it quits, you know? Yeah. I mean, I say that all the time to people like failing at something is not a big deal not understanding why you failed is a huge, that's a problem. If you don't learn a lesson out of it, if you don't get it, if you don't figure something out through that failure, then you've just wasted, you've wasted time. And that's really unfortunate, you know, because if you gained, if you gained wisdom, if you gained experience, if you gain all those things, you can gain through failure. It's the only way to get those things actually. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, that's the biggest thing I'm trying to understand whenever I am meticulous about writing stuff down is I want to understand where the, you know, where, where I'm falling short and how to adjust it, you know, and then when you figure out where you're falling short and what you need to adjust, then that that's the point where you decide, okay, I'm willing to do this or that's just too much for me. I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, and you know, my big deal is, is it's, it's nothing's a big deal. Right. Not understanding it is the big deal. Yeah. Um, any failure is not a big deal. Not understanding why you failed is a huge problem. Um, and I say all the time, if I have somebody comes in and like, listen, Jamie, I'm going to eat pizza and I'm going to drink whiskey five times a week, (laughs) but I want to lift weights. I'm like, cool. Not a big deal. You know, whereas if somebody else comes in and they're like, I want to lose weight and then they're not telling me those things. And then they're questioning me why they're not losing weight. It's like, you have to be honest with yourself first, no right. matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I found this stuff on the 10-minute walks and cardio, and I think we'll wrap up with this. Uh, <clears throat> but one of the big reasons I like Stan Efforting so much is, and you know, maybe this is a bad way to look at it, but me and him see eye-to-eye a lot on cardio. And like I said, this guy's a lot smarter than I am. Um, so when I see somebody like this saying this stuff, um, it, it solidifies my beliefs. Um, uh, but on the cardio section on page 24, he says, I'm not a fan of steady state cardio unless your sport is distance running, which is exactly what I said earlier. Right. Uh, it sends the wrong message to the body when trying to maintain lean body mass. Muscle is heavy. It has a high oxygen demand. It has a high water and nutrient demand. If your body is required to do a lot of steady state cardio, it will get rid of muscle. Exactly what I said earlier. Right. Um, and then on there, right below that, there's another link to T nation. Um, and this one is the final nail in the cardio coffin. So you can look that up as well if you'd like. And then he talks about 10 minute walks. So 10 minute walks after meals and hit under load is all you need. If you want to improve cardio while still stimulating muscle. Um, so what he recommends here is 20 rep squats, weighted carries, stair sprints, prowler pushes and pulls, which is a sled that I mentioned earlier. Uprights to a press, which is a superset of um, an upright row and a shoulder press. And then antagonistic supersets like chest and back, like I mentioned. And then he gets into 10-minute walks. I recommend 10-minute walks, whether dieting to lose weight or eating to gain weight, strength, and size. A brisk 10-minute walk after each of two to four meals daily greatly improves insulin sensitivity, decreases gas, improves digestion, decreases DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness, so when your muscles get sore, and aids in recovery. Three 10-minute walks is superior to one 30-minute walk daily, which is interesting. Um, And there's an article for that. Um, It's in the New York Times. uh, Yeah, New York Times wrote it, I think. It's on uh, foxnews.com. Short burst exercise may be as beneficial as regular workouts and extending life. So that's a good one to check out. Um, It's also advisable for Stanton to stand for at least 10 minutes out of, every, out of every hour throughout the day when you have a sedentary job or are traveling long distance. Sitting is a disease. Don't sit more than an hour without getting up and moving around. This is especially important on long plane flights where some people may even be successively 
to life-threatening embolisms caused uh, by extended sitting. Sitting for three hours a day as opposed to sitting has the equivalent, standing for three hours a day rather, as opposed to sitting has the equivalent calorie consumption benefit as running 10 marathons a year. That's an interesting number. That is an interesting number. Um, so then there's a link to the science behind the 10-minute walk. Um, I really can't read that link. It's a bunch of numbers and percentage marks and stuff. <laughs> um, there's a link for standing versus sitting. Um, link for 10 surprising benefits of the 10-minute walk. That one's on wisebread.com. 10 surprising benefits of a 10-minute walk. Uh, let's see. People who perform three brisk 10-minute walks daily, which is 4,000 steps, had better health, health, uh, health outcomes than those who performed over twice as many steps without elevating their the heart rate. Um, hit under load. So we'll talk about what he mentions with uh, doing the high-intensity stuff, which is the carries, 20-rep squats, all that kind of stuff. Provides improved cardiovascular benefits while stimulating muscle. Any weighted exercise utilized with higher reps, brief rest periods, and or supersets will work. Um, and that's all he talks about. I know in another one, he's got a, a YouTube video where he talks about the 10-minute walks, and I think he references the metformin in there. He references some diabetes drug in there and that's very interesting and there's an article on it i believe too um but yeah i mean that's basically what we're doing with our challenge participants right now uh we're seeing great results and really my goal of it is that these people continue this stuff uh and we're not teaching them any type of crash diet so sure that's kind of where we're at um i think that's all i have for today that's awesome yeah it sounds i mean it sounds great it's really interesting as i i was here for the meeting, obviously, and I was heard bits and parts, bits and pieces of what you were talking about there. So it's it was good to hear um, this kind of walked through in, in long form because it's it is an interesting uh, it's an interesting plan and like like you said, it's a it's a great long term strategy. Depend regardless of whether you're trying to bulk up or get lean or whatever your goals might be, this seems like something that can that could help you out, help out a lot of people. Yeah. So, like I said, hopefully we get Stan in the gym this year um, to do a seminar. That would be great. I've talked to him about it. Uh, I just haven't set it up yet. So it'll probably be on a Saturday or Sunday, and it'll probably be a, I don't know, two, three-hour thing or something like that. Um, but thank you for listening today. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, leave us a comment under the video or under the podcast, whatever. I'm not technologically savvy. Yeah, you can also ju- <laughs> you can jump on uh, our, our Instagram, which is Plunkett Fitness, and DM us there. And Jamie's website is, uh, or in the, the website, PlunkettFitness.com. Uh, you can, there's contact links on there as well if you have any questions or you want to reach out to Jamie. Yeah. So thanks, guys, for listening today. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Plunkett Fitness Project. Please share with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review. For more info, visit our website, plunkitfitness.com.